Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. We are continuing a series called Rejoice. We really kicked off a series called Rejoice, looking at the book of Philippians. And I am joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose, welcome back to the podcast. Good morning, Taylor. And we're joined by the amazing prayer pastor, Rhonda Patterson. Rhonda, welcome back to the podcast. Always great to have you. Uh, Jose, we kicked off a new series. And so we just had a great one we went to looking at the way and how Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. And now we're looking at Philippians. Uh, I normally ask you kind of behind the scenes what God taught you ahead of time. I'd love to just hear kind of why God put this on your heart and what do you feel like our church needs to hear? Yeah, I think... uh, I'm reading this book called The Other Side of Church by Jim Wilder, and it really emphasizes joy. And he doesn't talk about Philippians a lot, but I've known that Philippians really is the book of joy. Paul rejoices um, so many times throughout the book. And so when I read the book again, it really stood out to me, not only the way that he talks about joy, but the manner in which he is expressing all these things to the Philippians. He, he loves them, and he is uh, modeling rejoicing despite being in prison. And so for us, I think that is a great reminder that we can rejoice no matter what our circumstances look like. And so going, looking at this book from this lens, I think will be, will be helpful. Again, the big problem that we talked about on Sunday is that we, we have this message of joy uh, through the gospel. And yet a lot of the, a lot of the times we, we don't rejoice. You know, you don't, quantify Christians or you don't identify Christians with joy. You identify Christians with other things. And so what would it look like for us to really learn how to rejoice in in the Lord always and uh, then also model that to a, to a world that I think is desperately looking for joy? Mm. Rondo, I'd love to hear your thoughts as you first heard about the series and then just even after this past Sunday. Yeah, so I'm really excited about it as well. Uh, I I need to hear it for my own life, um, just those reminders. But also, um, I think it's good to just talk about together and and process that. What does that look like in our everyday life? It's so easy to get uh, our eyes, our hearts, our emotions, everything steered in different directions because there's so much going on in our world, but we don't have to. And yeah. so, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And not only is Philippians a great book in general, but even Paul, uh, Jose, you gave a lot of background to kind of his context of, of where he was writing this and even just geographically where and just the people of Philippi. Uh, what is so significant about even Paul's life being the author of this book as we jump into kind of reading mm-hmm. this together? Just what do you think? How, you know, how God used him even to model this more than others. Well, again, he had received a gift from from the Philippians, and so he was very grateful. And um, I really like the definition of joy being sustained gratitude and hope. And so it was obvious that Paul was very grateful for this gift from this church. And then he gives back this letter through one of my new favorite characters of the Bible, Epaphroditus. <laughs> and uh, he, he is expressing gratitude, but he's also expressing hope. Uh, hope in his circumstance that great things are happening despite him being in prison, and then hope for the Philippians. He says it right right here. We read it. Uh, we didn't dive really into the message of this one verse in uh, Philippians chapter 1, where he says, and I'm sure of this, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. He's given them hope that, that this, whatever they're working on, God will bring it mm-hmm. to, to fulfillment. And he's 
edging them later on. He says, I press on toward the goal, you know, upward towards Christ Jesus. So, so he's, he's really cheerleading them. Mm -hmm. And again, think that's something that we all need. We're going to get a chance to tackle this from so many different angles, but Jose, hope that you just mentioned there, I think about both of y'all, not just personally, but even just people that you walk through with life. That may be the last word on their mind right now is this concept of hope based on the, the struggle or maybe just an area um, that they're really, really suffering in. And just this idea that, am I supposed to just have more positive thinking or kind of how practically, what are some encouragement and ways that y'all would just encourage someone that's listening right now that's that knows they need this, but knows doesn't necessarily know where the first step is. Well, I think our first approach should be humility um, because we've all had those pits, but um, I can quickly acknowledge that I have not had to hit some of the lows that other people have had to walk in in life. And so for me to just say be joyful uh, when someone is suffering, even if I think in my mind that's not worth stealing your joy over, uh, it's, it's not helpful to just say, press in, be more joyful, you know, turn, give it to the Lord or lay it down before Him because that, that doesn't help them in the moment. Uh, joy, to me, comes as they learn that process of, of release, and it's a process for all of us of releasing whatever it is that we're being burdened by. Um, and He gets us there because He's faithful uh, as our Father. Yeah, so. That's really good. I think about the verse in Romans that says, mourn with those who mourn right. and rejoice with those who rejoice. And I think the the thing that I'm learning through, through this is that it's not an either-or. Oftentimes we think that joy is the replacement of despair or disappointment or, or whatever, but it really is, it's supplementing. Mm -hmm. and, and you can do both simultaneously. Joyful does not necessarily mean giddy or, or happy. Wow. It, it really just means this, this sense of, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be okay. There, I'm going to get through this mm -hmm. in the Lord with mm -hmm. God's help. Um, and, and so that joy can really coexist with some of these other things. I, I think about the verse, it really popped out to me uh, in Habakkuk, where it says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. I mean, all these terrible things. And then at, at, at the bottom of that verse, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And so he, he's, mm -hmm. he's doing both. Right. He's calling out reality. Mm -hmm. And then he's also rejoicing. In your own lives, have y'all seen that Habakkuk passage play out just the longer that you follow Christ? Is it something that, I don't know if it necessarily gets easy, but is it getting easier the longer that you're with Christ? Or is it something that you feel like is just constant? Mm. I definitely, for me, fi find that as I'm getting a little older... I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> um, it does seem to get easier, and I think that's because... The longer I walk with the Lord, my roots go deeper, and so He gets me back to that place a lot quicker. Um, I think about our last series when we were talking about our hearts and not letting our hearts be troubled. In the very first week you started that series, I had some news come in that troubled my heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so uh, it was like, oh, well, okay. Uh, but God got me back to uh, peace and joy in Him rather quickly. I think of it like a, uh, in, the in a river when there's a big flood that comes through. The bigger boulders, the bigger, deep, deep rocks that are in that river, they don't move. All the other stuff washes out, but those deep, big rocks. So we want to be 
grounded in Him. We want to be on that firm foundation that doesn't move when trouble comes. So, yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I think for me, yeah, if I think back since I was a, a a young kid, I think that I've always known that this world was chaotic and mm-hmm. was and 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 yet. For a long time, I really struggled with anxiety, mm-hmm. and I thought that I'd be left alone. I thought that um, I'd be left to my own devices, and so I, I did sense a lot of despair early on mm-hmm. uh, through different things. Some, some, yeah, were were big things, but a lot of them really weren't. They were they were little things that just happened to us throughout life. And when I met Jesus. Like, like you said, Rhonda, I, I met this firm foundation mm-hmm. that, that was immovable. And I think the more we set our eyes on Jesus, the more we realize what he's done for us. Uh, naturally, we are formed. Our minds are formed. Our hearts are formed, literally transformed to, to persevere through it and to maintain joy through, through difficult things. So for, for, for sure, this is something that is, you know, we, we never arrive. But right. we do grow mm-hmm. in the process there. Uh, some weeks we get maybe a podcast question submitted from the Gathering Guides. This week we have two and from two friends of ours. So the first one comes from Terry, and she asked a, a question. It was actually on the community group outline this week that asked y'all, describe a trial in your life when you were able to draw on the strength of the Lord and remain joyful through that difficult time. How were you able to do that, and what did God teach you through that time? Similar to where y'all are already going as far as just having this as a journey. But was there a particular moment that comes back to you or maybe a lesson that God taught? You. I think for me, I think back when we were expecting our, our first um, daughter, Ayla, and uh, you know, you do those sonograms, and it was one of those 3D ones, and mm-hmm. they, were, they were new and fancy, and we were just in love with her. And then we got some news that something may be wrong mm-hmm. with her brain, mm-hmm. that there was something that they found that could be, and then they listed like a thousand issues, mm-hmm. which basically led us to, to the idea that this precious little girl may not be as healthy mm-hmm. as we thought. You know, we just took it for granted. And for us surrendering that no matter what, we were going to love her, mm-hmm. you know, all these fears that, that blurred our vision, we realized, wait, God, she's a gift from you. It does not matter. It does not. I mean, those things will change maybe our life, et cetera. But, but God, we're totally surrendered to your plan for our lives. And, um, you know, the answer is that she was born completely healthy. And it was just one of those things that doctors um, were really concerned about. But I think about one of those times, trying to steal this joy that this baby's a gift, Mm. you know? And uh, it's interesting how quickly those things pollute our minds, but Mm. then holding on to, to the promises of God. Amen. Even yeah. through difficulties, he's not going to That's when we learn so much about his faithfulness. You know, um, I, I think of a time when um, my husband Larry uh, was unexpectedly laid off, and he showed up at the door one afternoon with a wide-eyed, terrified look on his face, telling me he had gotten laid off at work. And so just immediate... Um, he was in his 50s. We were in our 50s, and it was like... What are we going to do? How are, you know, and all those things flooded in. But being able to call to mind, God had always been faithful to us. Um, we, we really did, I think, rebound. We, of course, we had to process for a long time uh, that, but um, he had another even better job within a couple of days uh, that he would have never gone looking for. He would have never 
because he's one of those kind of loyal employees. He would have never probably gone looking, and yet God did that. But I think about those just in that moment, that fear of what are we going to do, and we could have really uh, sunk in that, yeah. um, and we didn't. We just we we trusted. We chose to trust God, even though we were a little afraid and wondering what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, remembering His faithfulness helps me move move forward. So. That's so good. That's so good. Okay, the second question here comes from Don, and he uh, mentioned Psalm 1611, Jose, the one that you read. And uh, I'll read it first in the ESV, but I love the message uh, paraphrase as well. First, it says in the ESV, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And the message paraphrase says, now you've got my feet on the life path, all radiant from the shining of your face. Ever since you took my hand, I'm on the right way. Mm -hmm. And so Don just simply asks, as this speaks to the right path, can you share examples of how to do that? What does it look like to maybe just embrace that shining face and that presence of God? Yeah, thinking about this idea that presence equals face, and it's God's face shining on us, all we, all we need to do is look up, because He's already looking down at mm-hmm. us. All we need to do is seek Him, and we will be found, because He's looking for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's this beautiful change for me from, hey, you got to work your way to God. You got to prove your sainthood. You got to prove how, you know, how worthy you are of his love to, I can't do anything to earn God's favor or his love or his kindness. All I need to do is receive it and recognize Mm -hmm. that he's looking down on us Mm -hmm. with love And then when I receive that gift, that does form joy in in my heart because I have a father in heaven who loves me and who sees me. So yeah, the 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 answer simply is we just gotta look up and recognize Mm -hmm. that our father's already looking down Mm -hmm. at us. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's a choice. Even when we're afraid, even when we don't understand or we're angry or hurt or whatever it is, uh, it's a choice to choose His path. His path is in His Word. It's knowing Him and and what He teaches. And if we're not sure, get in there. Get look up. You know what what you feel like you're needing. Ask the Lord to take you to Scripture that speaks to to where you're at, and and it's choosing to okay. This doesn't make sense to me. This hurts. It's painful. Whatever. I'm scared, but I'm gonna choose you, and and He is joy. Mm-hmm. He is joy. So choosing Him is is choosing to trust Him, mm-hmm. and and walk in that peace. So even when we can tell Him we're yeah. afraid. And that choice is a personal choice that all of us have to make. And yet, I'd love mm-hmm. to hear y'all's thoughts on just the role that community and the church play in this as well, how the mm-hmm. community and church can strengthen us and how God uses that when it comes to that idea of choosing joy. Yeah, again, that's what makes this letter so beautiful is that it is a communal thing. Paul is not addressing an individual person. He does that in Philemon, um, where he's he's addressing mm-hmm. a, a person, but here he, he's addressing... Um, He's addressing a whole church, and he's saying, hey, when I think of you, I I do so with joy in my heart. Mm -hmm. And so that that is something that we can also experience together, that when we think of one another, when we are with one another, that we we can rejoice together. It's it's not just a solo sport with us, with us and God. Right. And we... 
We can have a lot of confusion going on in our minds as we're wrestling with an issue, and we're trying to get in the Word, we're trying to pray, and we're just... It's, it's just not coming together. The peace is not there. Um, the importance of community is that God will speak through those people, and there's just something supernatural about it that God does that um, that He'll just speak right through someone, and it, and it just pierces our heart. It goes straight to the heart, and all of a sudden, the light comes on and we receive it. And so um, we're not meant to fight our battles alone. We're just not. Um, I need people speaking life. And I've seen it over and over in prayer ministry. I know it happens in the community groups as well. But someone will come in just really having been tormented by a lot of struggle that they're having. But then as prayer begins to happen and quoting Scripture to them, it just breaks. The enemy has to flee, right? And so, but we're not always intended to do it alone. So as as that happens, you see, as they leave, their circumstance didn't change, but their con- countenance is completely different because mm-hmm. they experienced God's touch and clarity began to come in. Mm-hmm. So it's just a supernatural work that God does, but we, we need community. We need each other. I, I would love for our community to be defined as one of joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more we work, the more we dive into how Paul is teaching us here through through the book of Philippians, I would really hope for that to be a a, a defining characteristic of who mm-hmm. we are as a people. Mm-hmm. That we are joyful. We rejoice always in the highs and the lows because of what God has done. And uh, it, it it's not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we have to identify a lot of things that steal joy that that may get in the way of of us truly rejoicing and um and, and then go back go back to to, mm-hmm. to god I think one of the things that the enemy uses to steal joy, and Rhonda, you mentioned this on the opposite side, the role of community speaking life into people, including mm-hmm. you. I think about my own story, just how often people are speaking life. Really, it just is about calling me the way that God sees mm-hmm. me and just reminding me that of that, because that's one of the easiest ways that the, mm-hmm. the enemy just, even a little whisper, tries to get me to think, oh, that's not really you, or this mm-hmm. is really who you are. Or, this mm-hmm. action defines who you are. And so, Jose, I think about the, the point you mentioned, just drawing out uh, the way Paul calls them saints, just even early in the letter. And there's a lot of people listening that are like, yeah, he's not talking about me. <laughs> and yet, how, how significant is that? Just mm. even reminding our identity and reminding each other of the identity in Christ as it relates to joy. Yeah, I think it's huge. That's mm-hmm. a name that we can't earn. Mm-mm. We can't, we don't, our resumes don't add up to saints, <laughs> but God calls us a saint because he, he acted on our behalf mm-hmm. and he did something for us that we could have never done for ourselves. And, and that's again, this gift that should bring us joy when we think about it. Absolutely. He did the work. Yeah. We just get to reap the benefit. Yeah. He sees the finished work. Yeah. We don't see the finished work yet. We just, we just can get bogged down in, yeah. in our shortcomings and, all of those things that weighed us down in the enemy's voice and all of that. But God already sees the finished Rhonda, the finished Jose, the finished Ted. He, he sees us in completeness. And so it's choosing to trust that, what he sees in me, even if I don't see it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, I mean, just even think about 
we started this way and even just talking about it now, but this is the last point about God smiling on us, just that <laughs> sense that God is, God is excited to be with us, to see us, He loves us. And <laughs> so for some, even just, we talked about this even a few weeks ago in the last series, but just how oftentimes the relationship with our earthly parents can be how we'd see our Heavenly Father. And that may be a struggle for many <laughs> people just in their life. They didn't feel that, they <laughs> didn't sense that, or maybe they did, but it was, Jose, you brought up earlier, just all the do's. You have to <laughs> perform, you have to earn that <laughs> love. And so I think about just how significant that is uh, what would even be the role of how even just the time we spend with him the messages we receive from the world because even our culture nowadays does not reflect this this unconditional love this unconditional mm-hmm. you know favor that god gives to us instead we we read pick up any book watch any show and it's all about performing so what, how would even be some encouragement to someone listening about just their intake how they choose to remind themselves of this over well, and over it, the same thing is true of who we're around the more we're around a certain group of people the more we're going to become like them we're going to act in 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 the way that they act, say the things that they say for better or for worse. And so it's the same with our, with our heavenly father, the more time we spend with him, Mm -hmm. the more time we read his word, the more we recognize who he is. And then his, his affections toward us, the the more likely Mm -hmm. we're going to be emulating those very same things and have his joy. That's why Sunday morning is powerful for me. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to be with my church family, look people in the eye mm-hmm. and, and recognize, man, we're all imperfect people here to serve and worship the only perfect Savior. When, when, when I truly understand the power there, it's God's name that's being magnified and I'm, I'm better. I'm better for it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that point and something that was prayed over me years ago that I've, I've prayed over some of you listening maybe today or just others is that, uh, yes, God smiles on us. God not only loves us, he likes us. He likes us. He likes the way he makes some of the things that I get frustrated about, about Rhonda, are the little quirks that God says, yeah, I yeah. I gave that to you. And some of it is because that's those places where I find out I need him the most. The things I don't like about myself, he's like, you're going to need this to know how much you need me. I, I, you know, it's just, it's beautiful quirks that we all have, uh, weaknesses that we think are, are terrible, things we want to hide or we don't want people to know. But God is like, I created you. I designed you, and some of those things I gave you so that you would seek me, so that I could walk with you hand in hand. And so I love that, that he he smiles. I always think of a baby in the morning when you walk in to get them out of their crib, and it's just the it's the most sweetest time when you walk in and their arms are up or they're grinning at you. And as a parent, you just, you can't wait to open that door and see that little grin. And that's how God feels about us. Even if we're in the middle of a sin issue, even if we're low, God still smiles on us and he understands. So he wants to walk us out of that. And it's crazy to think that the only way that he can smile on us is because his own son. Because of Jesus. Yeah, his own mm-hmm. son went, went to a cross for, for the joy set before him. Right. So that God could smile on us, so mm-hmm. that there was no separation between Again, us, he us, sees and, the us and God. Yeah. yeah. So that was his plan all along for his son to be the sacrifice, for his son to endure the mm-hmm. punishment for our sin, so that we can have a heavenly mm-hmm. father who, who smiled on us, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah, yeah. 
I think I've said it before on here, the Romans 15, 13 is my favorite. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's that choosing, the measure that I choose to trust, that's the measure of hope, joy, and peace that He gives me. And so, yeah. Amen to that. Thanks for listening to The Conversations Podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.